the more evidence, the better, I say. I mean, there's, this is so improbable. That's, a, that's a, bold, a bold statement. I mean, I think that's a fair point, but I didn't make that argument. He did. Why, why is that true? Hmm. Is that a good question? Maybe it's not. That's... <laughs> Drew, you're not supposed to ask good questions like that. Sorry, sorry. Ask difficult questions. Bill, jump in here. I'm Bill the Christian. And I'm Drew the Skeptic. You're listening to The Divide. All right, well, uh, we're here today with um, Tommy, who is a PhD student in psychology, right? Yeah, glad to have you. And um, Drew and I are putting to you the question, are science and religion incompatible? And Tommy's an atheist, just to... Oh, yeah, Tommy's an atheist. Just to clarify <laughs> which direction he's coming from on this Let's point. start with that, yeah. Okay, so my answer would be yes, science and religion are not compatible. And the way, the reason I think this is, is because science makes truth claims about the world only after observation and testing, whereas my perception is that religion makes claims without uh, needing a basis and puts things forth into the world without you know, saying where they got that information. So it's an appeal to authority rather than um, time-tested techniques to kind of uncover new details about the world. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is are, are we going to limit this to hard science, you know, science per se, or are we talking about rational inquiry? But mm-hmm. uh, your distinction strikes me as, you know, this is a very scientific method type of science. You're mm-hmm. talking about observation and, you know, making conclusions, you know, hypotheses and then, and then you know, testing those hypotheses through observation, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, um, you know, I, I just throw that out there as we might want to keep that in mind if we're going to if we're going to limit science to that or if we're going to say science is any form of yeah. rational inquiry. Why don't, sure. we, why, don't we, why don't we just assume that that's what science is? It seems to me like a pretty good working definition. And then go to what happens when following that method leads you to a solution of some kind, mm-hmm. which raises other questions which you then test, which leads you to a solution of some kind but eventually pushes out to the sort of frontiers like the beginning of the universe, consciousness. It's just sort of those categories. What's your, you know, how, how do you, when you get to those frontier questions, mm-hmm. what's your inclination to, to um, it does, does it feel like your science is sort of, it's still there nice and strong and is able to sort of confront these things mm-hmm. or it dead ends or it points to, to things you could see being religious or... Mm-hmm. How do you how do you deal with those things? So what I one thing that I do like about science, if we're using this somewhat circumscribed definition uh, about what's observable and what you know what we can really say, is that it doesn't need to it doesn't need to go to that edge and say, oh well, we're just we're waiting for us to be able to say something about it. Um, I think scientists in general are okay with living in ambiguity. And being able to say, well, we don't know. And I think that that's a humble and an honest way to approach when we get to something that we don't know is just admitting, well, we don't have the tools to say whether that's the case yet. Um, maybe this is something that we can never answer, but that doesn't mean that we have to plug something else in there to be able to say, well, this then must be the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's kind of like once you reach your end point, are there other ways to be able to observe this or, or deal with this? If not, well, that's okay. We, we don't have mm-hmm. to know everything. I mean, we are limited organisms. 
Yeah. So, um, as a you know a fellow skeptic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess let me just ask a clarifying question. Sure. Are you when you say that it's when that science is incompatible with religion? Mm-hmm. Is what you really mean that they're separate projects that they're just not the same thing, or they're or they're the one excludes the other? Because if you're willing to say um, there are things that we can't know or don't know, wouldn't that be a a way for religion to step in? Um, Or couldn't you at least say that you don't know? I think that's a very convenient place for religion to swoop in, is where, okay, so science says it can't handle this? Well, we've got the answer for that. And so for me, that's where it would make sense for religion to, to try to come in and explain things. So for instance, you know, let's say in ancient religions, people used to say, oh, well, uh, the sun, that's just, uh, that's just the Egyptian king's son, uh, Ra, bringing it across you know, the, the desert every day, and that's what's keeping us warm. Mm-hmm. And then you know, through inquiry and you know, like, uh, understanding astronomy, we'll say, oh, well, actually, the sun is kind of always there. It's always in the center, and we're orbiting around it. Nobody's actually literally carrying it across the sky. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, well then, I guess we don't really have to believe in Egyptian gods anymore, because we have an explanation for this that's, you know, pretty convincing, and everybody who's looked at it can say this is the way it is. Maybe we should ask Bill, like, uh, <laughs> just as as the the Christian. I mean, when you're when you're wanting to know if science is incompatible or if religion is incompatible with science, mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? Is it really that you want to know if Science replaces it or precludes it, or what, what's the? Yeah, I think to some degree. Can you put uh, a finer uh, point on the question, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the way I would tend to view it, which I'm sure won't surprise you, mm-hmm. is that um, that uh, science leads us in certain directions, mm-hmm. and there's a point where science, just by its very nature, its limitations, can only tell us so much. Uh, like the uh, the analogy I think of is the little laser eye at my garage door that I'm trying constantly and failing to step over so that I don't trip the garage door uh, it from coming down all the way as I leave. And the eye, as far as it knows, is only seeing what it sees. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a statement about anything else. So uh, I would tend to think that science can take you only so far and that where it where science is sort of in those frontier issues because certainly none of us are going to really disagree about gravity and the pursuit of mo- almost everything science is pursuing until you get to sort of frontier issues or maybe I'll call them pylon issues fundamental issues i would tend to view those as it's not that that religion is sort of conveniently swooping in i think is how you described mm-hmm. it uh, but rather that it's it's the actual activity of science that's that's leading me out to look for some type of explanation which this idea matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, I would think of it less as sort of swooping in, you know? Uh, so I'm trying to steal man your idea. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because uh, uh, at first it sounded like God of the gaps, and I think that's what Tommy was saying. Yes. You know, yeah. you're, you're, just, you're just saying, well, science can't get us any further, so God. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's what you're saying. I think what you're saying is... 
science is trying to answer questions like, why does the sun come up and go down and, and things like that? And you, and you think religion may be answering different questions? No, uh, yet, no questions even that ultimately science raises is, is why I'm asking it, because the questions are they compatible. If, if, they're, if they're, like, I would tend to think of them as partially overlapping rather than not overlapping at all as being totally incompatible. And it may be you, to some degree, agree or disagree, I'm not sure. I would tend to view science and religion as sort of partially overlapping. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's more in those, those frontier questions. I actually, which we've never discussed before, Drew, but I actually don't think the gaps thing is very helpful. In fact, I'm, I'm, unless you can convince me otherwise, I think all explanations are gap fillers. I don't really think there's any explanation that isn't, in some way, filling a gap. The only question is whether is it's a reasonable My conclusion that fills the gap. Mm-hmm. So, so in, for example, in the in the case of the, uh, the the universe, the nature of the universe, or something fine tuning, or whatever it is, that I would say that it's it's not like it's just theists who raise the problem of fine tuning and are trying to answer it with God, but that it's science that sort of has uncovered the problem. And it's one of those very unique problems. I don't think most of scientific problems are like anything like this. Uh, but this is one of those unique problems where you're at the very found fabric of the universe's nature or something like that. And so the question is, if science, if science can't answer that, maybe it can. But if it, if it can't, is, an, is another explanation that is non-scientific, I would say philosophically, mm-hmm. a philosophical answer, could that supply the answer? So maybe that would be the question I have for you is can philosophy, forget religion for a moment, can this third category philosophy provide what you consider more uh, reasonable answers or answers you would entertain more seriously than say a religious answer? Well, within philosophy, there are so many different branches to look at. Metaphysical, like so uh, metaf- metaphysical. Yeah. So ethics, I think, is useful in philosophy to kind of answer questions about what is a good way for someone to behave and exist in the world. Mm -hmm. Metaphysics, on the other hand, to me, it seems, if not useless, then (laughs) (laughs) meta-useless. Exactly. I think I have some meta-useless habits in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so metaphysics to me is... Yeah, I, I don't see what utility it serves. So you think it's trying to explain things that can't be explained and we should just say, I don't know. Well, if we're talking like ontological arguments or the argument to beauty or order or the first mover, those are all things that, uh, yeah, that metaphysics tries to do and, and I think really does pair with religion in that sense. And so there's that kind of gray area. But no, I, I don't like metaphysics. <laughs> so, so it doesn't count. So go ahead, Drew. I mean, I, I find that to be consistent with, you know, your, what you said before about just being comfortable not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that doesn't always sit well with everybody, but um, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll let Bill address it. Who, who is yeah. the everybody? Drew? Well, I don't know that I need to insert <laughs> myself into this. But, uh, so let me, let me ask you this. Do you, mm-hmm. Would you perceive me as, you wouldn't know me very well, Tommy, no. but you think I'm uncomfortable with not knowing some things? Like I would think, there's a most, or there's at least a ton of stuff. Certainly scientifically, I would just I have no idea what, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem troubling to me, mm-hmm. or a problem that we don't have an answer. And I would think that at least respectable Christian thinkers across history have been okay with not having answers to some scientific problems. No, 
or do you think that's... So I know, may I insert yeah, here? Yeah. Okay, so I think that there are some questions that people don't know and they don't care about. Yeah. But this, to me, is much more fundamental. I think people deeply care about what happens when they die. Uh, will I be punished for my lack of belief? Uh, what does it mean to be a, a good person? I think yeah. that these are questions that religion offers answers to yeah. that are deeply important to people. There are so many questions that um, may have a scientific basis to be like, I don't, I don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me if there's like a tea kettle, two galaxies over floating around. I don't care how it got there. It doesn't make a difference in my life. But how we live our lives, what we believe, what our identity is, and like what's our you know, reason for being here, those are matters that I think matter to most people, and certainly to any Christian. Yeah. I think it's, that's a really good distinction, I think, especially bringing in those if those things that are so important to us about, like, look, the, the sort of questions of meaning and purpose mm-hmm. and things like that, that it's true that those are real drivers and that they are, that people are seeking those, they want to know those answers, mm-hmm. and I think it's true that, in that sense, is that there's a sort of uncomfortableness with not knowing those kinds of answers. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it's also true, sort of, we're all uncomfortable with not knowing why a physical phenomenon, to some extent, isn't the way it is, because our mind wants to understand it. We want to know why it's doing what it is, why it's doing, or what it's doing. It's like the magic trick. You see the magic trick, uh, who was it, Shin Lim, that won the, the sleight of hand uh, this year for uh, at um, America's Got Talent, I think it was. You know, you, it's so mind-boggling what he's doing. You just... You're like, I have to go see if there's a something on YouTube that div- divulges how he did this. You know, like we want to know the answer. Um, but what it, what would be then your take? This could be for both of you, actually. I think is mm-hmm. what would your take then be on someone like an Aristotle who sort of stands outside of of any kind of religious tradition? He certainly was not uh, by any accounts someone who who you would describe as religious, uh, and and his since he's the sort of metaphysician uh, that precedes, um, you know, the, the sort of Christian tradition, mm-hmm. uh, what's your take on him? Like, is he, he seems to be approaching a, a, a problem and trying to solve it reasonably and arriving at metaf- metaphysical assumptions that aren't, aren't just sort of like, reli- it's not just a religious answer, although clearly it parallels very closely, if not, if, I mean, he actually has one answer, which is clearly God, the, the cosmological argument, the first mover argument. So what, what's, what's your take on that, either of you? Um, I'm a little unclear. I'm, I'm probably going to kick it to Tommy, so I'm just warning you. But, but I'm also a little unclear. When you said you, threw, you, you kind of want to throw out mes- metaphysics, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe I don't have a very good working definition for that. But, like, wh- what is it about metaphysics that you don't think is helpful or useful, is I think the word you use. Yeah, I think metaphysics is lacks utility because for me it's still... Well, so we'll say what it is first. Okay, so yeah. metaphysics is the idea that we can use deductive reasoning in order to expose truth about the nature of the universe. And so usually it gives lots of different steps about like, okay, well, uh, we know that things are moving now, we know that they've been moving for a long time, and eventually there had to be some sort of first mover. And so, okay, well, yeah, maybe there had to be some... There was something that moved first, probably. I don't have any you know, argument against what it was, but is that thing necessarily God? Is that necessarily the Christian God? How did we even get to that thing in the first place? 
So you can kind of chase it down a really long uh, you know, rabbit hole. So you but... think it takes a, a scientific concept like inertia, mm-hmm. to use your example, and then tries to add a purpose to it, add, add some kind of where did this come from? I think that's a fair yeah. interpretation. And it, and it crosses the line of what we can possibly know. Yes, to what we can. I would you, say so. Would you also so. agree that metaphysics is... I agreed with what you said, but would you also agree that it, it that we tend to assume that it's it's uh, layers of reality or at least one layer of reality? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think generally they had a sort of Occam's razor approach to it, you know, that mm-hmm. us, don't add layers that you don't need to add, but a layer of reality that is beyond the physical explanations for things but is somehow required in order to make sense of the, of the physical world, the, the natural... Is that, you agree I with agree that with too? that. Yeah. yeah. So what's your take then on, on, on that? You know, is Aristotle just not realizing how useless and silly the metaphysics are as you, I can't remember what yeah, didn't, you didn't say silly I can't remember what, how you described it but you said I probably said lacks utility yeah lacks utility yeah. was he just unaware of this or um, what, what, what and I'm, I, granted you can't get into the mind of Aristotle per se mm-hmm. but I you know there's a lot of writings out there though I mean yeah. Aristotle said a lot of things that were compelling about ethics mm-hmm. But I think he also had followers that believe that, well, everything is made of fire or water mm-hmm. or something like that. So he made truth claims about the world that are demonstrably untrue. Definitely. He also said he also had uh, beliefs that, you know, I think things that are opinions that he called beliefs, uh, which we're going to say, like, he believed uh, beautiful people could never be short. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that he said, which is a weird thing to say. So basically, uh, <laughs> he had he, he had said some, a lot of really weird things. Yeah, yeah he said some strange us. things yeah. that I, I think don't hold up at all, and he said some other things that really do stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. So Aristotle's like okay, but he's not like a god for me. He's not something I would also yeah. like. Uh, there's there's no one person who's ever lived that I would say like oh this is the person that I defer to on all matters you know philosophically theologically yeah. 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 But you're mainly talking about metaphysics, right? I was more sure, interested in that one particular. Obviously, as you said, there's some things you said very impressive, and other things that are just you know to us seem really odd. Mm-hmm. And it's so obviously I'm asking about the impressive ones, <laughs> where he includes metaphysics that people have, have certainly taken seriously since him. Mm-hmm. And I only cite him because he has actually a fairly clear demonstration, whereas Plato, you know, has some other ways of looking at it that still end up with some sort of metaphysical reality. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, they're, they're, the question isn't whether they had some ideas that both of us would, would find uh, distasteful or, um, uh, I can't think of you, Richard, useless. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously those particular ideas about metaphysics explaining the nature of reality have, have held on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my question is more, you know, is that then just... Why is it that so many of us don't see it as 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 useless? Like obviously, I think of it as very useful. Like it mm-hmm. is. Do you think that the the sort of first mover uh, or the first cause of change, I guess, is more specific to what the, the words mean in Greek, mm-hmm. is just not an ex like the explanation doesn't work? Well, or let, that and it, let me put a finer point on that. Yeah. When you say useless, mm-hmm. if we could answer the question, do you think it would be useful? Because I, I guess I kind of feel like. It, uh, if we could prove, you know, through science or something, mm-hmm. 
that there was a you know a prime mover or a field of energy or a multi-universe that would be that could be useful it would certainly oh, be sure. interesting the pro- i think the reason that you're saying it's useful and correct me if i'm wrong is that we can't know, you believe that we can't know and therefore the whole enterprise is misguided uh well i would only change one word of that i wouldn't say we can't know i would just say we don't know and I think that that's you that maybe an important distinction. Is not helping us. No. I think it's not getting us to that extra leap where it would be that okay, this this first mover is God, and specifically now this is the Christian conception of God. I think I agree with that. I think you know a lot of philosophy in, in this specifically is, is, a, is it gives us ways of thinking, gives us mm-hmm. examples of, of of possibilities, but it doesn't necessarily come to conclusions that are practical. Mm-hmm. So the, um, I, I think Tommy and I would agree with something against what you said, but I'm kind of curious about this, that it wouldn't really be possible for science ever to know, not for science or not through the scientific method, to know the prime mover because, by definition, the, the metaphysical reality is something that is outside of science. I mean, that's outside of nature. That's It's there to explain Nature. It's not something you would have accessible to science. No, I'd hold on there a second. If you let's say you brought a doctor from, like let's say we've got a researcher who's been transplanted by time from the 1980s till today, Mm -hmm. and we tell him, "Hey, can you find the Wi-Fi signal?" Mm -hmm. He's not going to be able to do it. Doesn't know what that means. (laughs) But you know, Mm -hmm. people today who do research can certainly find and and detect and have ways to pick up a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, so if there is some sort of thing as a God signal, for lack of a better term, maybe there's going to be a, a place in time where that's possible for a researcher to detect. Maybe we're just not on that wavelength right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying it's utterly impossible for that to be the case. I'm saying that so far, science hasn't found anything like that. So we've got this little flashlight kind of searching in the dark, mm-hmm. but that does definitely not mean that there's, you know, that there's absolutely a purple unicorn in the darkness. It doesn't mean that there's Jesus Christ in mm-hmm. the darkness. Uh, it just means we don't know. And mm-hmm. so again, it gets back to the issue of, can you be comfortable with the ambiguity or are you going to use somebody else's idea of what uh, God is to make yourself feel secure about your place mm-hmm. in the universe? Okay, so here it seems like we're we're starting to divide is on actually understanding what he what what Aristotle seemed to mean, or at least Aquinas understood him to mean mm-hmm. when he said, you know, and this we call God, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, he seems to be careful to to make that distinction is that uh, if we're talking about in this particular example e- eternal being, mm-hmm. uh, you you're. It sound, you, I would think you would accept that it's not really science that would allow you have to have access to, to an eternal being, something outside of our space-time universe, right? Mm-hmm. So explain to me how, how would at some point, like a Wi-Fi signal, the analogy sort of fails to me because it's, it's the kind of thing that's still part of the laws of physics and part of our universe and so mm-hmm. on. So, But in terms of an eternal being, mm-hmm. how, how would, uh, do you think that science somehow, there'd be some new form of science that would access God in that sense? I mean, so, maybe I'm lost. So you're that. saying not only do we, not only is it that we don't know, you think we can't know through yeah, science. science. Like I would, I would 
think he would agree, but I'm now kind of wondering. That's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Like, science to me is what is the tool we use to understand the physical universe we live in, mm-hmm. the material universe, rather. And so God, the, the explanation Aerosol arrives at is immaterial, eternal being, which is not... Just like, like to your analogy, it would be more like if I were to borrow it mm-hmm. or, or hijack it, it would be um, using a flashlight to try and see if someone has a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. It's never going to work. Uh, it's because the nature of the thing is just totally different. Mm-hmm. So how's how? What am I missing, or, or am I, have I misunderstood something? I don't think you've necessarily misunderstood something here. I think that you know the explanations that Aristotle give, maybe even Aquinas give. They may point to some nebulous, impossible-to-know, immaterial force that some would call God. Mm-hmm. The question that this then begs the question: Like, well, what about Jesus? Because mm-hmm. Jesus is supposedly, you know, this immaterial form made flesh, mm-hmm. right? So this was somebody who is tangible and mm-hmm. who many people still believe uh, appears to them and has a place in the physical world, who Catholics believe is literally transubstantiated from uh, a wafer into, yeah. you know, with the, the accidents remaining of the flesh and the blood. Well, and it, you know, you're Appears getting... at Taco Bell occasionally on the restroom door. Sure, yeah. And you're, you're getting specific about a, a, an individual religion that that derives itself or, or, or likes to, to think it's, of itself as derived from a metaphysical explanation of the world, but right. maybe we could even be more... Um, simple than that is to say, you know, going back to Aristotle, for instance, to, to think that there is a, a prime mover mm-hmm. just at all or, or that that says anything about morality and, and the universe, you would reject that because you think that's getting past. Well, maybe I should let you say why you would reject, you would reject that. Well, even if we've got a prime mover, let's let's just take that for granted for the sake of this specific mm-hmm. point I'm making. What does that then have to do with how I live my life, what does that have to do with my relationship with this being, mm-hmm. what does it have to do with this being's uh, desire for me to do with my life? Mm-hmm. There's literally no connection there whatsoever. So let's say that were all true. It would still be, to, am I right, that back to our original question, mm-hmm. if we were granting that, we would agree that then at some level science and religion could be compatible at least in that small sense. Even, in other words... And in that sort of metaphysical, quasi-religious sense, if we were granting the thing you granted, those mm-hmm. things would sort of overlap then, right? In this context, they would. In that, it, But it wouldn't, like you said, what other usefulness would it have mm-hmm. beyond that? It would be a whole, that, that's a separate question, but at least at that level of sort of explanatory power mm-hmm. of the nature of the universe, it would have some use. Are you granting that? I'm, I'm willing to see that because I'm it not could. treating this as like a debate. No, no, like, no, no. Well, that's what I'm trying so, to figure yeah. out. I'm so, just trying to figure out if you would. Because the reason I say this because it would be the way I would tend to think of it is mm-hmm. sort of that it's more, it's useful in some sense, mm-hmm. but certainly you're far, far away from the sort of what we think of as Christianity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, wouldn't, it would not implicate a, a God necessarily for something, for an amoeba uh, at some point to just start going and then splitting off. Well, well no, let me let me clarify that because uh, like first mover in aerosol's sense mm-hmm. is eternal being. Okay. So it's not just sort of like the first thing moving like an amoeba. <laughs> it's certainly more more than that. Um, it's uh, so 
That, that, that's, I would think, I would so think like that a big bang, let's say, potentially. Would be eternal. Whatever it was would be eternal being. Mm-hmm. And it would be one. This is another Aristotle. This is it's like monism. Yeah, because it would be, uh, if you had multiple ones, then you'd end up in the endless cycle of the turtles upon turtles, you know. Uh-huh. Um, all the way down. Yeah, Good. turtles all the way down. So I more think of it as all I'm trying to get to is, for me, it seems like that it's useful, the metaphysics. Mm-hmm. It's useful in the sense of it provides an explanation for the nature of the reality we're experiencing in the physical world, the material world. And that that's its primary use. Like, I don't know that I would, like Aquinas sort of, as far as I can tell, stopped there and then said, and we call that eternal being deus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, meaning he's not claiming this sort of un- unfurls the sale of Yahweh sure. and Jesus. Um, but it would, it, it, from my perspective, it would seem if those were, that was true, it was useful. And I would go back to then my, from my initial perspective, which was, it would it would seem like I wouldn't dismiss it as if it were useless. Mm-hmm. No, are you, are you all? So it sounds like we've sw- we've we've switched the question to not a religion and uh, science compatible, but our metaphysics, metaphysics and yeah. science compatible. And if mm-hmm. and you think that if we can all agree that they are, mm-hmm. um, that well, you you think that, if we can all agree that science can't know something that could be useful, then metaphysics might in fact be useful. Be useful, and, I, and of course, from my tradition, it's the, the metaphysics are quasi-religious because, of course, the Aristotle himself, just, he's trying to find a word to describe mm-hmm. the prime eternal cause of being, and he says theos, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, which of course, again, I'm not even remotely suggesting that he means in the same way Yahweh is described, and yet there's some, there's enough of a parallel that that's a big Grand Canyon size difference between, say, atheism and something, some other. Mm-hmm. Is that right? How then does physics, which I think has nicely replaced metaphysics, uh, you know, where does that end and metaphysics begin? Yeah, Tommy, you can't ask ask the questions. You just have to be okay. <laughs> any hard questions off the table right away when you ask. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, right? Where where do they begin and where do they end? Um, the uh, the short answer to that is that I don't know because mm-hmm. I really don't know. Um, I, it's clear that Plato and Aristotle themselves are really struggling. Like Plato was trying to explain metaphysically. The world, but there was there was such a gap between his world of the forms mm-hmm. and and the real world that there was this dissatisfaction. It it made it seemed to make sense that there needed to be something like this, mm-hmm. but his conception of it didn't feel satisfying enough. So Aristotle is sort of like the bridge between the immaterial world and the material world, mm-hmm. where he says in order to understand any entity, you have to know it in four ways, and of course two of those ways are form and matter. Mm-hmm. And his form is the immaterial part of a being, and the matter is the material part of the being. Mm-hmm. And so that's the bridge, that everything is a, is a combination of form and matter. And uh, the, um, a, a, a simple illustration of that, or an example of that, would be in something like uh, where a, uh, a basketball is 
a material thing made of rubber, but at the same time it participates in sort of the mathematical spherical infrastructure, which is not a material thing. The the, the math itself, the purport, the the way it's uh, participating in the math isn't the math itself isn't material. Okay, uh, it would be sort of I guess my short answer is. That's better than I've ever heard, but really, I don't know that that's right. Mm-hmm. But that's at least some attempt to explain that our material world interacts with an immaterial world. Mm-hmm. Mathematics is clearly not a thing that we're going to discover somewhere. <laughs> it's assumed to be part of the universe, and yet it's not material. Right. And it seems like things are, are truly participating in this thing we call mathematics. So I don't know if that's the great... A, the, the best answer that we'll ever be come up with, but it's not bad. Well, do you feel like you need to ask any final clarifying no, questions? That, no, or do you want to th- sort of state what you feel, where you feel the dis- divide? Yeah, I think the divide is 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 probably where all of us probably could see it coming, which is the um, the fact that when we get beyond the actual scientific method mm-hmm. and in in our evaluating the physical material reality of the universe, and we're tr- and we think that there might, we might need something to explain it, we're going to differ on whether we think this explanation is going to work, whether it's going to be that useful, whether it's, really conf- it's not really confirmable like science is. So it's, it's certainly a different category, hence, hence our science and religion compatible. wouldn't mm-hmm. make sense if it was if science and science were compatible. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're going to come down, I, as I see it, in a little more of a, well, that could be true. Mm-hmm. And maybe it even has some use. Yeah, I think we would agree so that, that it's right? useful, but I, I, yeah, I think that's right. And I'm going to come down on the side of that absent that, excuse me, that that explanation is the only kind of explanation ultimately that will work, that you'll never be able to have a sort of a scientific explanation because you're outside of the realm of science. Yeah, and, that, and that for me, it's more like it's required. And you'll come down more on the side of, well, it's not really required. Mm-hmm. It could be useful if it were true. Mm-hmm. Is that Bingo. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think that's that's it exactly. We just you know it's it's a, it's a disagreement over what's true, not necessarily what's useful or yeah. what's. Um, Tommy, know, this possible. has been uh, sorry to cut you off there. Drew. Possible. <laughs> Tommy, fantastic. Really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise. Glad, thank you. Glad you're here. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you, Drew. The divide is produced by Alan and Ben Hawbrooks and edited by John Workman. Dalton Reed handles IT. Join us for further discussion on this topic at our subreddit, The Divide by iPub. To learn more about other episodes and who we are, check out ipub.org slash the divide. See you next time on The Divide.